part of our hearts, we want to get to heaven, right? Even with your costume, you want to get to heaven. In this light, there is true meaning of life. In this light, you find that your soul is fed. In this light, you encounter God. And this may be the first time in a long time you've been to church. Maybe it's your first time in a Christian church. In Jeremiah chapter 9, you don't have to turn there, just listen to this. This is what God says. This is what the Lord says. Let not the wise boast of their wisdom, or the strong boast of their strength, or the rich boast of their riches. But let those who boast, boast about this, that they understand and know me, that I am the Lord who exercises kindness, justice, and righteousness on earth. For in these I delight, declares the Lord. So there's this guy, he wanted to know God a little more clearly. So he ends up dying and he goes to heaven and then he asks him a question. He wanted some clarity. He thought he understood God. And he says, God, I'd like to ask you a few questions. God says, sure. Go right ahead. Okay, the man says, why did you make women so pretty? God said, so you would like them. Okay, okay. The guy said, how come you made them so beautiful? So you would love them, God replies. So the man ponders for a moment. But why did you make them such airheads? And God says, so they would love you. You know, it's, it's about understanding God. A lot of times you want to understand God from your perspective, and he's got a way different perspective. Sorry, ladies, I had to set up the boys for that one. Thank you. Look in your Bibles in Matthew chapter 22. We're going to, do, we're going to talk about this banquet. In the Bible, God describes everyone being a part of this banquet. Uh, the banquet, they call it. The wedding banquet. And my first point tonight, or this morning, is that you have been invited to a feast. Not only spiritually speaking, but after we close out today, there is going to be a feast of a potluck outside. And I can't wait. I can't wait. So in Matthew 22, verse 1, let's read the parable of the great banquet, or the great wedding banquet. Jesus spoke to them again in parables. And by the way, that was a great parable by Peter, and un, the unmerciful servant about forgiveness. This is a parable about how, how God is inviting everyone to come to heaven. And this is, a, this is a story that illustrates the people's responses to that. Jesus spoke to them again in parables saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a king who prepared a wedding banquet for his son. His, he sent his servants to those who had been invited to the banquet to tell them to come. But they refused to come. Then he sent some more servants and said, Tell those who have been invited that I have prepared my dinner. My oxen and my fattened cattle have been butchered and everything is ready. Come to the wedding banquet. You know, God is inviting everyone to this banquet. God has extended the invitation to everyone. But as we see in this parable, as we're going to find out, their response. This parable is about God sending Jesus. 
That's why he's celebrating. You ever been invited to a party? Oh, yeah. And didn't want to go? Yes. For, if we're really honest, we're like, I don't want to go because I want to hang out with myself. <laughs> Especially on Saturday afternoon. Why do the birthday parties have to be on Saturday afternoon? Right. When I was playing Michigan State. Why is that? Why is that? A lot of times I get invited to places that the reason, the reason why I, I don't want to go is because I want to hang out with me. That's really, I want to hang out and chill. I just had two soccer matches. I'm tired. And God describes this invitation as a banquet to honor his son, Jesus. See, God wants us to feast life to the full, he says. And the banquet is symbolic of truth. You know, in 1 Timothy chapter 2, did you know this? That God says, I want every man to be saved. God is not in the business, nor does he like the fact that there is, there is a dark place in heaven. He doesn't want to send anyone there. His, his heart is, I don't want no one to end up there. That's why he's inviting everyone to come to the banquet. But here's the kicker. He didn't make us into robots. We have to decide to accept. We have to decide to put our feelings aside and say, hey, do I want to be a part of this? We have to decide whether we're going to go or not and have some carne asada, have a feast. You know, the Bible says this, but those who live by truth come into the light. Those who really want truth, they go to the banquet so that it might be seen plainly that, that what they have done has been done in the sight of God. Are you seeking the truth this morning? Or are you just seeking to come to church and have some fun in the festival? That's a great thing, but you know, God is, is appealing to you today about truth. I think every one of us want truth. I'm tired of watching, I'm, I'm tired of watching TV and there's half-truths on there. They want my kid to buy that toy that's going to make him feel better. No, it's not going to make you feel better. Yeah. <laughs> they want everything to sucker you in to do something that's going to make you appear to feel much more fuller, which is not true. And if you're searching for truth, then you come to the banquet. Why should I? Why should I accept this invitation? Because God is calling you. That's why. You know, in Acts 17, God said he, he sets the time and the place where you'll be found. He determines that. So that perhaps you'll reach out to him. You know, if you were invited this morning by someone, in Acts 17, it says that God is trying to reach you. I know someone that was reached out to in Canada, on the University of Calgary. And then he was reached out here. He happened to be a landlord of some of the brothers in the church. He was reached out to in two places. I mean, he had to, his tenants happened to be the brothers. He goes, what church is that? I think it's the same church in, in Canada. Same people. But if you're comfortable with your own barbecue, I, God, I have my own banquet going on. You know, you see, I, it looks all pretty in the back there. I got my own barbecue, God. But thanks for the invitation. 
You know when you got a nice barbecue set and someone invites you to their barbecue? Wait, wait, what about my house? What about my way? What about what I have over here? Beware of trying to be comfortable. Because to be comfortable means you cannot grow. See, comfort is the enemy of growth. You cannot grow when you're too comfortable. When I'm comfortable, it's obvious. My belly grows. It's just, it's just it's very obvious. When, I get, when Gio's comfortable spiritually, my belly gets very big. Because I'm doing less and less. But if you're here to be comfortable, beware. And this, this community is all about comfort. We live in one of the most dynamically beautiful, amazing area in all the world. In all the world. I live down in L.A., and I've lived up here. I ain't going back. I've been to Norway. I've been to Scandinavia. There is no better place than here. Been across the U.S. I've seen lightning, like real thick bolts of lightning. I've seen, I've seen parts of this country. But here, life is comfortable. Life is comfortable. It's a great place to raise your kids because it's predominantly pretty safe. It's a comfortable place, but that can be a danger. And so when you're invited and, and God sends messengers, here's some advice. Number two is don't attack the messenger. Look in verse five. But they paid no attention and they went off. One to his field, another to his business. The rest seized his servants, mistreated them and killed them. The king was enraged. He sent his army and destroyed those murderers and burned their city. Then he said to his servants, The wedding banquet is ready, but those I had invited did not deserve to come. Go to the street corners and invite, the bank, invite to the banquet anyone you find. So the servants went out into the streets and gathered all the people they could find, the bad as well as the good. And the wedding hall was filled with guests. You know, in the Bible... What Jesus is talking about theologically here is that he sent Jesus to the Jewish nation to be their Messiah. But they rejected him. In fact, they killed the messengers. Isaiah the prophet. All the prophets that, that God had sent them, they either killed or mistreated. That's why the fall in the Old Testament is because they didn't listen to the prophets. And they were telling them that the Messiah is coming. But he said the Messiah is coming for all nations, all people, not just for the Jewish nation. Everyone gets invited to the banquet. He says, invite them all. Bring them all in. And God did send the messengers so that people wouldn't drift away. Because what happens is you drift away. And God loves us enough to tell us the hard realities. He loves you that much to tell you the truth. You know, real friendships, really meaningful relationships are often sometimes a little bit of a dose of hard reality. That's a meaningful friendship. That, hey, there's something that I need to tell you. Versus, hi, hi, you're amazing. You know, I know I'm not amazing. I know that I can offend people. Real relationships have that kind of connection. And that's what I want in my life. That's what everybody should want in their life. Real relationships. But here's the thing. Don't kill the messenger. 
A lot of times we hear something like, I don't like the way you said that, bro. I didn't appreciate your tone. And we miss the message. Sometimes if it's not said the right way, the right tone, the right atmosphere, the right weather, the right wind, it's like, and so people that want to be close to you are like walking on eggshells around every, I don't know, I got to say this the right way. I got to say it super, bro, I think I want you to consider, please pray about this. I want to point some out in your character, but just philosophically think of, we have to say it so softly for you to even to hear it because you're known to kill the messenger. And the, the messengers that God sent usually are pretty direct. Hey, that's the wrong way. Should go this way. Don't you appreciate that? When you walk in and you got something on your nose, hanging out from your nose, you'd want someone to say, hey, hey, you got something right there. You should take that off before you go in there. I'm like, thank you very much. I get annoyed when people go, hey, it's great to see you. And they know it's there. And I'm walking in, fellowshipping, hanging out. This is great. And no one's saying the obvious. Don't you hate that? Didn't that bother you? It's not practical. It's not friendly. I spent a half hour embarrassing myself. Hi! Hello! Everyone gets that. You're laughing because you know it's true. And you want a friend that's going to say, Hey, there's something hanging from your, from your nose. And you want them to tell you. You would respect and appreciate it because you would feel embarrassed. And God calls, what's amazing about this passage, he calls the bad and the good. He doesn't care where you're at spiritually. He wants the bad and the good. He's not this, I'm only going to invite the super friends. No, no, no. He wants the bad and the good to be invited to come to the banquet. That's the heart of God. And in our hearts sometimes, we may not agree with God's method. And we kill the messenger, and we miss the message. So we need to have a good heart, because the Bible says this. Today, if you hear his voice, and that's not a voice in your head, by the way. That's a voice from the words of God. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. Do not make your heart hard, because this is not how you grew up in church. This is all practical. What's the reality is the scriptures. That's the reality. And sometimes we get fooled, we get faked out. There's a way that seems right to a man. But in the end, it leads to death. I told you the story. I was convinced that carne asada can last 30 days in the fridge. And I stood up in front of my family and said, no, honey. And Karen's like, no, it's, I think it's three days max. I said, no, it is not three days. It is 30 days. That's why it's marinated. 30 days. I was totally convinced. So I went back to the carnisseria. I said, can I, can I get your input? Yeah, sure. What's your question? How long does this last in the fridge? I said, oh, three days, max. Three days, max. Max, three days. Last time you said 30. Oh, in the freezer, 30. There is a way that seems right to a man. But in the end, it leads to death. At the end, you don't want to be wrong about this. That's right. You don't want to be wrong about this. 
You want to be right about the banquet. And this is the parable for you. You know, the Bible says this as well. Wait till the Lord comes. He will bring to light what is hidden in darkness and will expose the motives of people's hearts. At that time, each will receive their praise from God. One thing that we can never do as humans, we, it's hard to judge someone's motive. It may look this way, but they may be totally good-hearted. So one thing that we're admonished in the Bible is not to, not to judge motives. There's only one who righteously judges your motive, and that is God. That means the person that's, he's super loving. But God says, well, he's struggling with bitterness. Well, he's super angry, but he truly reads his Bible and prays every day. He looks upset half the time. You know, we can't judge the motives. But God does. And at, at the end of the day, at the end of your life, God reveals all your motives. It, it has to be. If you're going to get to heaven, you can't, you know, you can't get in like, hey, where's Jesus? He's not guarding the gate right now. Sweet, I'm making a run for it. You can't do it. You can't do it. You can't just, you know, sneak over the fence. The Bible describes that as that's the thief who wants to sneak in through the, through the gate, you know, the wrong way. Everything is going to be exposed. So God is inviting you to the banquet, good or bad. God's not inviting you because he thinks you're super awesome. He's inviting because he knows you need him. That's why he invites you. You being super awesome is irrelevant to God. You know, God is not attracted to those who have everything under control. He's attracted to those who are just totally broken. I need, I need help. That God is attracted to. If you think you're so self-sufficient, what is there to be attracted to? Well, you don't need God. You got everything under control. He's attracted to those who are broken inside. That understand that I need God. So what does this mean? It means we have to put on the right clothes. Look in verse, uh, verse 11. Look in verse 11. When the king came in to see the guests, so now everyone's in there, the good and the bad, they're all hanging out in there. They are invited. He noticed a man there who was not wearing wedding clothes. So to be a part of this banquet, when they got invited in, they had to put on a certain proper clothing. And the Bible describes that as wedding clothes. Friend, he asks, this is the king, how did you get in here without wedding clothes? The man was speechless. Then the king told his attendants, tie him hand and foot and throw him outside into the darkness where there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are invited, but few are chosen. This guy is hanging out. This is a great party. Yeah? As food crumbles down his cheek. Yeah? And this God asking him, hey, how'd you get in here? Because he, he stuck out like a sore thumb. Because his clothes were totally off. You ever go to a party and you're totally overdressed? Your wife said dress sharp, and it was, a, it, was a, it was a shorts and t-shirt party. And you come to the park service with a tie on. You're like, something's wrong. This. this guy's oblivious to what he's wearing. And so God goes over and taps him on the shoulder and says, hey, how did you get in here? There is a way that seems right to a man, 
but in the end it leads to death. This guy was oblivious to what he was wearing. See, if you're going to be part of this banquet, you've got to put on the right clothes. If clothes could speak, his clothes would say, I'm comfortable with my life. I know I heard about the wedding clothes, but I look pretty good myself. I'm in. Shouldn't I be in? I don't need to adjust my life. I'm okay. See, this guy thought he was in a right relationship with God, and he was in the banquet. See, God invites you, but you got to put on the right clothes. you got to put on the right clothes and not the wrong clothes. Here's some of the wrong clothes. Give you some practicals here. Hey, I'm wearing the I'm fine attitude jacket. Hey, I'm all good, Gio. It's a great, it's a great touch-up lesson for me, but I'm pretty good. I'm doing pretty solid. I'm doing pretty awesome, actually. Thanks for asking, but I'm really super spiritual. The I'm fine. My life is fine attitude jacket. Then there, he's not talking to me, Ty. Oh, I know he's not talking to me. He, he's talking to my spouse. Right here, right over here, right over here. Yeah, he's talking to not me. Hey, are you listening? Are you listening? Are you listening? Are you listening? Because he's not talking to me. I already go to church pants. I grew up in church. My pants are nice and spiritual. I already go to church pants. I attend church. I don't miss church on Sundays. I attend church pants. Wrong clothes. And there's a, I know all this stuff shirt. I read the Bible when I was a kid. I know this stuff. Those are the wrong clothes to be wearing at the banquet. Let's take a look at some of the right clothes. Or before that, let's go to some wrong, the wrong jacket. Here's a, here's a good scripture. 1 John 1. If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. That's the I'm wrong, the, the, uh, the jacket. Ah, yeah, I'm, I got everything in control. I'm fine. I got a great attitude. But yet your life does not represent what's written in the word. Then there's the wrong pants. The man who says, I know him, but does not do what he commands, is a liar. And the truth is not in him. Remember what I said, don't kill the messenger? I'm going to be outside. Please don't. You know, this is the word. Amen. Don't kill the messenger. A lot of times people say, I know God. I grew up. I know, I know God. I know God. But they don't do what he commands. So God views that as, well, he's just a liar. He says, he knows me. But he's not in the banquet. He's got the wrong clothes on. And the truth is not with him. He's wearing the wrong pants. Hey, the wrong shirt guy. If we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar, and his word is not in us. You ever been a person that had a hard time saying they're sorry? They just don't say it. They just don't apologize. They totally said, bah! And then you bring it to attention going, I did nothing wrong. I was in the right. What I say, in principle, what I said is true. In principle. But it totally crushed somebody else. I grew up with Fonzie mom. My mom was awesome, but she was a female version of Fonz, Arthur Fonzarelli. She has a hard time saying, I'm so ro-ro-ro-ro-ri. If you, if you have a hard time saying you're sorry, you're saying you've not sinned. 
And if you not sinned, well, then you must be Jesus. And we know that's not true. So therefore, this passage, every time you refuse to take responsibility, you make yourself out to be a liar. This is what God says. That's why he taps that guy on the shoulder. Say, you're wearing the wrong clothes. How about the right clothes? Ah, it's not Coach. It's not Gucci. It's not Armani. I wish it was, but it's not. The right jacket. This is the right attitude. Walk in the light as he is in the light. We have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. Walking in the light. Staying in your relationship with God. The right pants. If anyone obeys his word, love for God is truly made complete in them. You know, when you wear the right pants, you may have, gone, you may have grown up in church or you may go to church, but do you obey the word of God? There's a big difference. God's expectation is not for us to attend church, but to obey his word. Amen. That's the right pants. Not just I go to church, but I actually obey his word. And the right shirt. Confess our sins. He is faithful and just and will forgive our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. You ever notice that the Bible never uses the word fair? Because God is not fair. And you don't want God to be fair. Because fair means this. Well, Karen, you're awesome, but you sinned and you're not going to go to heaven. Oh, Steve, you know, you're amazing, and you did all these, but you sinned, but, you know, just, I, I want Karen to feel bad, and you're going there too. Andrea, wow, what a, a you've done a mate, but you sinned too, so to be fair, to be fair to your husband and to Karen, you're all going away. That's fair. Right. We don't want to fear God. That's why God says, never says, I'm fair. God says, I'm just. Because with just, there's the ability of redemption. With fairness, there is none. He's got to be fair. You got three kids and you don't know which one did it? Hey, you're all going to get it. That's fair. But that's not just. You want a just God. I grew up with a fair mother and fair father. They didn't figure it out. We all got it. And we knew who did it. I didn't know the word then, but I wanted, if I knew the word, I would have said, give me justice. I didn't know that word, but I didn't know that. I was like... I hate you. Because we know who did it. We don't want a fair God. We want a just God who values redemption. Who values someone that says, I have the wrong clothes on, but I want to put on the right clothes. I want you to close your eyes for a moment. Close your eyes and I want you to imagine something. I want you to imagine yourself wearing the right clothes. Think about your life for a moment. Think about what clothes would you wear this afternoon. What clothes are you going to put on? As you walk out to the Harvest Festival, what are you going to do? How are you going to act? How is your heart going to be different? Will your children see a difference? Will your wife and husband see a difference? Will God see a difference? Because God wants you to wear the right clothes. He wants you wearing the clothes for the festival. You can open your eyes now. I put on the right clothes. I have now officially, I'm ready for the banquet. See, I wasn't wearing the right clothes earlier for the event. 
If I would have gone out there wearing my Hawaiian shirt, I would have looked a little bit awkward, wouldn't I? Definitely. And I would have got tapped on the shoulder. Hey, how'd you get here? So I had to go put on the right clothes. You've been, a, you've been invited to a wedding banquet. And you can come. But you've got to put on the right clothes. The right clothes. The jacket, the pants, and the shirt. Amen. You know, a desire to get to heaven is awesome. But it's going to require preparation on earth. The great thing is that every one of you here has been invited to go to heaven. And as my, one of my favorite coaches in the NFL, Hall of Fame coach Joe Gibbs said, the will to win is meaningless. The desire to win is meaningless without the will to prepare. You can want to go to heaven all you want. You can have it in your heart. You can cry the cries and cry the tears. I want to go to heaven. But if you're unwilling to prepare yourself, you'll never get there. It's meaningless to have a desire without the will to prepare. Are you ready for that? Then let's go enjoy the banquet. To God be the glory. Have a great afternoon.